This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be with somebody who specializes in the gastroenterology space. He's going to talk to us about Able Health. We're joined by founder and CEO Sam Jeftel today. Jeff's going to talk to us about his company, about the trends he's watching, GI, and a lot more. Jack, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Able Health and, and what drove the, the foundation of, of Able Health? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Scott. I'm uh, I feel like one of those uh, longtime listeners, first time callers situation here. So uh, thanks for building what you've built in the space and and you know for for giving a voice to a bunch of the innovators uh, out there in healthcare. Uh, my name is Sam Jacktel, CEO and founder at Able Health. Um, Able, in a few words, is essentially building a comprehensive ecosystem of support beyond the pill for patients with chronic uh, GI conditions such as IBS or inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's disease. Um, Able is the tool that I wished had existed when I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis back in 2014. Um, and in particular, one of the challenges that I've uh, that I've lived with is that um, care uh, for patients who can afford it and who, who can access it, it's still pretty um, partial. So what I mean by that is like, you know, we have a, a great amount of emphasis in the endoscopy and scoping. We do a lot of imaging and diagnostics, and we do some great work in the in the pharmaceutical management of these conditions. Um, but there's still a huge proportion of the population that um, continues to be sick. And in particular, the second you walk out of the clinic, there are two major interventions that patients need to implement in their daily lives, but for which I have not seen, and a lot of patients like myself have not seen a lot of support for, namely dietary management. And the second one is psychological management of these conditions to address the mind and the gut. And so what we've built are two complementary programs that are digital first, that use machine learning to essentially personalize a pathway through dietary experimentation, as well as psychological tools and techniques and resiliency modules to make sure that people are getting access to essentially what's complementary therapy and you know improve the likelihood they ever get better, shorten the time that it takes for them to get better, and then keep them there longer. Now, of course, all three of those things are challenging to do, and, and we're doing our best. Thank you. And take a moment and tell us how Able got started and where you're at today and, and how you're helping. Yeah, well, you know, it came out of my my personal experiences with the space. And in particular, I had a pretty bad flare um, three, four years ago. Um, and I, I realized that I needed to, to do something in particular around my diet, um, but I really didn't have the, the tools to do so. So I built something for myself. Um, it was a relatively rudimentary, you know, low code, very um, low tech tool to essentially guide me through um, the gold standard elimination diet protocol. Um, and it turns out it worked for me. Um, I gave it to a few friends who were also suffering from the same conditions and it kind of snowballed from there. Um, and so the, you know, where I think a lot of um, innovators in the space, um, particularly in the venture community, would take that, you know, code it up and then launch it. Um, we decided to do clinical studies before we took a dollar from anyone. And so um, the first focus for us had been in the clinic. So we now have uh, about 13 peer reviewed publications all in, including in our uh, personalized nutrition program, as well as the personalized psychology program. Um, and we're in the process of commercializing with a large uh, employers, insurers, and even health systems who are using ABLE as a, a way to essentially extend the care beyond the four walls of the clinic. Yes. Sam, can you tell us a little bit about your history, 
did you have a history in the healthcare sector and the business sector? How did you end up sort of developing this into a business? Yeah, so my background is uh, I started my career in clinical research, um, particularly in the pediatric space. Um, and I then spent uh, quite a few years as a strategy consulting, um, you know, helping large pharma companies, um, health systems, and even insurers uh, essentially grow their top line from a revenue standpoint. So I did everything from um, launching vaccines franchises um, to investing out of um, large corporate venture capital um, firms, and then doing a little bit of, of early stage health tech investing as well. Um, and so putting all those things together, which is my own patient experience, um, the, the experience with the kind of innovative landscape in the investing space, and then the kind of like, you know, nuts and bolts of, of how to build a sustainable um, business that drives outcomes. So uh, putting those things together, and then of course, surrounding myself with a team that knows better than I do. Thank you. And then when you look at this this year, two things, what are your big priorities in the business? And two, what are the big trends you're watching with IBS and other GI conditions? Yeah, so two two priorities for us this year. Um, one is to get the tool that we've built in the hands of people who need it and to ensure that the financial burden doesn't always rest on their shoulders. And so for us, that's increasing coverage by insurers, um, getting them, you know, getting us covered by uh, employers um, kind of across the country. And the second one is, you know, we've started with our precision nutrition product. Um, we will be launching our precision psychology product very shortly. And so in doing so, you know, really, uh, comprehensively support a patient the second they walk out of the clinic. So those are two focus areas. I think from a trends standpoint, you know what we're what we are really excited about are two elements. One is um, the the continuous like better understanding of how much uh, GI is a is is a cost driver and a volume driver from a claim standpoint. Really to better understand quantitatively. Um, using attribution techniques to really better understand how much someone like me costs, um, not only with direct care, but also um, adjacencies, right, productivity, et cetera. And I think we're doing a better job of that over time. And I think we're going to be surprised with the scale of the problem um, that is, by the way, really embarrassing to talk about. And so I think that's my second point, which is I'm very excited, you know, as a patient founder, certainly I talk about this all the time, but I'm just mainly excited about um, the trend that we're seeing to essentially talk about these conditions that are a little bit taboo in a way that's empowering for people that makes them feel seen. And I think those two things will complement each other. And are, are there, is there an increase in gastroenterology, pancreatic, other issues due to diet or what's driving so many increases and in challenges with pancreatic and gastroenterology problems? You know, if I had the answer to that, uh, <laughs> I think we'd solve a lot of problems. I think, you know, from from our understanding, um, it's a multi-ideological kind of conversation, right? There's a lot of different variables that play into the rising rates of diagnosis. Um, certainly, we're getting better at diagnosing and then the differential diagnosis on top of that of like classifying uh, patients correctly. Um, I think there's obviously some environmental factors, right? So the the changing microbiome landscape, certainly things and the over-processing of the foods that exist in the United States. Um, and, and I think the other element is that we're we're getting a little bit better access to um, you know marginalized populations. We're seeing diagnosis rates increase in the Black and Hispanic population in particular. Um, and to me, I think the challenge 
is not in the rising rates of these conditions. I actually think that it's a supply and demand problem. And actually, you've talked to quite a few gastroenterologists in the space and innovators here, but there's really a big mismatch between the number of patients that have these conditions and the gastroenterologists that can provide that care. And it gets even worse when you look at the GI specialized dietitian uh, cohort of, of, of uh, clinicians. And then it's even worse when you look at GI psychologists. And so I think it's, yes, things are growing. It's, be, it's you know, diseases of modernity uh, are kind of what we're seeing. And I think that that's also generating a little bit of a pressure um, on our ability to scale the care that we provide to people like me. And that's a fascinating perspective because it, it seems like gastroenterologists like psychiatrists, like gynecologists, so many specialties today, they are much more incented and they often prefer to do procedures as opposed to doing this kind of work, which is complex, deep, thoughtful, takes a lot of work, mental energy to sort of diagnose and work with somebody through their, their challenge, through their issue. Whereas you do a colonoscopy, you make a ton more money per hour, and it's relatively, right. I don't want to downplay it, but it's relatively, once they've done thousands of them, it's relatively easy for a doctor to do it. A psychiatrist doesn't want to talk to patients anymore. They want to just do right. prescriptions. And I don't, I don't, and that's not, that's not a, that's not to, there's just a shortage. And it's, and how do you incentivize people to do these things that are more complex and take more work and more thought than the things that they get paid for? Um, you know, which, which sometimes are to them, after they've done them a lot of times, a little bit easier, a little bit less stressful. I mean, you could do 10 colonoscopies a day, make a great living. You sit down with two right. patients with a serious gastroenterology ailment, and that's hard work to try and think through what is going on, how can we help this person, how can we fix this, and so forth. Just this, uh, And so you, you end up with a huge um, undersupply in some of these specialties, some specialty areas that require a lot of thought. It reminds me, like neurologists, you can't find a neurologist. We have a ton of aging people that have neurology problems, and it's really a challenging mismatch. It's fascinating that you point to that. I think that's, I think that's such an interesting um, perspective that it's not – there are a lot of illnesses. There are a lot of challenges, but, but a big, big challenge is the imbalance of supply versus demand here too. Exactly. And, and, you know, part of this is changing incentives, right? But these things take a lot of time. You know, we're, we're really excited about value-based care. I think we've been excited about value-based care for like 25 years now, and we're seeing it, you know, slowly but surely it's happening. I think there's something that we can do in the meantime, right? Like the, the shift from one-to-one -one care to one-to-many and using technology as a way to extend the care that a physician or uh, APP can, can provide to patients um, and, you know, doing, using, uh, technology not to replace, right. Not to disintermediate, but actually just be an extra tool in that clinical toolbox, um, to, to optimize kind of the patient panels and those kinds of things. And that's kind of how we're thinking about it. Um, you know, able is, is, is able to be, uh, digitally referred to patients through their PCPs and their gastroenterologists. And so in doing so, um, without, you know, disintermediating that that clinician, keeping that that 
physician as like the quarterback and we're just giving them extra receivers. And I think in, in doing so, we're, we're allowing them to do more of that deep care that I think a lot of physicians really want to do with their patients. They just don't have the time to do it. And we're giving them the tools to be able to do so without adding a ton of work. And so trying to match that happy medium, but yeah, it's, it's a really tough spot. No, I think that's a, that's a great perspective as well. It really is because a lot of physicians would like to do it. They just don't have the time or the energy or the it, 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 by a huge stretch of the imagination, particularly in the looming shortages that we have. Sam, I want to thank you for joining us. Before I let you go, take one moment and tell us where people can learn more about Able Health and the exact spelling of it too and where they can learn more about this. Yeah, so well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, yeah, you can find more information about us at ablehealth.com, A-Y-B-L-E health.com. Um, we've got a bunch of information for employers, uh, for insurers, and for health systems. Those are the folks that you know we're selling through. Um, and you know, we would love to to chat with everybody, right? This is a tough space. There's um, there's some great innovators that are making progress. And and I think um what I'll leave you is with this is that I think. A lot of the future of gastroenterology care and for a lot of other organizations, I think a lot more has to not just be patient-centered, but be patient-driven. Um, and so I'm a big fan of, of patients being advocates for themselves and boiling up um, the, the key things that are really important for them to feel better, get better, stay better. Um, and you know, as a patient-founded company, it's, it's very exciting for us. So um, thank you so much for the time and the opportunity. What a pleasure to visit with you. I learned a ton. I greatly appreciate that. I love when I get a chance to learn. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope our audience learned as well. Again, Sam Jactel, founder, CEO, Able Health. Thank you so much for joining us.